This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Everyone, this is Clint from the Western Hunting Up podcast, and thanks for listening. Starting episode 101 tonight, and I got a little adventure I went on in the Missouri River catching some prehistoric river monsters. I thought I'd share a little bit about what that's about. A lot of people don't even recognize this fish, so it was a really fun uh, kind of deal that, that has is not really Western hunting, is not Western hunting whatsoever, but definitely a fun fun deal in the fall, and, and then there's some spring seasons for it as well but just wanted to give it a real quick update on some things we've got the giveaway fundraiser happening for the hoyt axius 28 to 30 inch draw 60 70 pounds right hand bows kuyu camo i know that's pretty or pretty specific uh, but if you want to win that um, you could still take it in and do a bow shop and trade in for something a little bit maybe that fits you but a really great bow, brand new, sitting in the box right here next to me, ready to get shipped out to the the new winner on that. And um, just so you know, to enter, uh, you must be 18, must live in the uh, lower 48, or at least I can ship it there. And the drawing will be second week in December. We're doing pretty good on that. The money is going to be going towards supporting the podcast. We've got some monthly expenses. I'm hoping to cover this year's expenses, but really right now, just, I guess, anywhere near that would be great. Uh, we've got the uh, bow itself we got to pay for. So right now, that's the first goal. Let's just reach for paying for the, the, the bow itself. And so far... Odds are not horrible uh, for for um, for winning this thing. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people entered. 
and they either have one, two, um, there's one person with three and one person with four entries in that. So not very many. Those are pretty decent odds. And if this were something that I could possibly win, I'd be definitely putting in 20 to, to 40 bucks to, to see if I couldn't win that despite helping out the podcast. So if you're one of those folks that's listening and have been listening for a while, I uh, appreciate you. And, and maybe uh, if you wouldn't mind, just throw back a little 20 bucks on Venmo or PayPal. Venmo is at Clint Whitley or PayPal is clint.a.whitley at gmail.com. So that's the way you can give. I did do a Facebook fundraiser uh, to kind of hit the roundabout way of doing that. But you know what? It's, it's not, that's not really working out. So I'm just going to cancel that right now and get rid of it. That fundraiser just not, it's just not working. So we're going to, we're going to delete that. All right. So let's get rolling with some things. A lot of been ha- has been happening. Uh, it is November right now. And lots of season are ha- seasons are going on. Been chasing deer with my bow. Drea was actually just here. Uh, it was a great week to have her and just to talk hunting, talk life, talk uh, and share some time in the field. So that was a really, really good time. And she'll be back uh, December, and we'll we'll do a little podcast then and and catch up a little bit more so looking forward to that but until then i've got quite a few tags eight deer tags my own to fill here in south dakota and then one in in uh, arizona yet for the year so i've been chasing being a little picky with my first rifle tag i got and then a uh bow tag not so picky got really close on a stock the other day that was super cool and so i'll share that when i record with drea and then just haven't really been out for myself a whole lot the rust is eating up so there's a lot of time and we'll get there with kind of the progression of of what the november season looks like for for whitetail and muleys but lots of other things going on dog swallowed a pine cone got lodged in its stomach and that ruined today hunting plus a big old fat vet bill so uh that had to get cut out and working on getting my dog all fixed up today she missed her first pheasant hunt so i was super bummed about that if she would have been healthy we would have found birds we were on birds and she would have had some of her first pheasants under her belt so i'm really bummed about that but that's that's life and she's only six months old so we'll we'll get back at it as soon as she's all healed up uh, another little bummer is we had a episode with Wyoming Game and Fish. I was going to start doing a little bit with them and and uh, share some of what it takes to get started with, with them. And I may have lost the SD card up near one of my trail cameras. Long story on that one, how my SD card for my recording device is near my trail cameras. Uh, I guess you could probably see that connection, but that's what happened. I'm going to go up maybe in the morning and take a peek, see if I can't find it, and we'll get that episode out to you. But before we get started with this paddlefish stuff, one more quick little reminder. Go to Venmo or PayPal, and if you don't have either one, really they're handy. Really, really handy. PayPal's been around a long time. Venmo's pretty new and, and safe 
to do, uh, but that's really a useful tool of sending quick money to somebody. So uh, get that over to me. Thank you to those who have donated. Uh, I've got, so far I'm not going to say your whole name, but you know who you are. John, Landon, Leslie, Kyle, Jason, Jake, Stephen, Britton, and Brian. So if you, uh, if you're, I didn't say your name there, let me know. And uh, you had something coming. I'll make sure that that was in there. But those are so far my entries. And one of those people are going to receive a Hoyt bow unless we get some more entries, which I do believe we will. Anyway, moving on. We got some really great episodes coming up with some unique folks. Let's talk paddle fishing. So if you don't know what a paddlefish is so far, I would go to Google and just type in paddlefish. It's a really unique species. They're, the fins look like a shark. They have a long rostrum. Rostrum is the uh, lots of it's a anatomical description for a nose. So like a coyote has a long rostrum. A bobcat has a short rostrum. A paddlefish has a really, really long rostrum. That's what extends out in front of uh, their face, sticks way out. It's a big flat paddle that sits horizontal with the water, and it's loaded with sensory receptors to help them locate zooplankton. Uh, and so those, or zooplankton, whichever way you call it. My bio teacher in college called it zooplankton, so that's what's stuck so the zooplankton are are what they're eating. So you can't catch them with regular old bait and tackle. You have to snag them. Uh, and we'll get to that. But the primary makeup of these critters is their cartilage. And maybe a little bone in that head and in the rostrum. I was really looking forward to taking one and, and getting it to a beetle guy to see if he could get it all cleaned up. Boiling won't work with those little micro bones and teen little things. We wanted to get that cleaned up, and and that'd be really neat. So they're they are a cool animal. Uh, weight wise, uh, the biggest one I caught was fifty pounds or so, and pretty old. <laughs> I'm sure that fish was older than me. I don't know the exact kind of age range on those uh so estimating on that if you know anything about that i'd love to hear it uh, i've asked biologists before and they're not totally sure necessarily the one i was asking on on the ages so um really unique species has just this big old gaping mouth and these flaps that go over their their gill plate or their gill plates are a big flap and they fight it's a pretty cool thing once you hook into one. But some of the fossil records show them going back to 120 to 125 million years. So they've been around a long, long time. They're just a prehistoric critter. So when you look at it, you would definitely see that. Man, that thing is, it looks prehistoric. It's a dinosaur. <clears throat> and they're only found in North America. And there's a relative in China that looks just a little bit different. So there's a little bit of the background on them. Uh, one of the things that is happening with this species is that dams kind of get in the way of their regular migratory patterns they do swim upstream similar to a salmon for breeding purposes and because all the dams that are on the mississippi the missouri 
uh, all that. Actually, I don't even know. If, I'm assuming there's dams in the Mississippi. I don't know anything about that. I've <laughs> never been there. Um, but anyway, the Missouri River, where I fish, there's four major dams in in South Dakota. I'm going to throw out seven on the Missouri total. I'm remembering back to fifth grade on that one. I could be wrong. Uh, but anyway, there's all those dams and they get in the way and the fish can't swim upstream. So they congregate right below the dam there. So it makes it a little easier to know where they're at. It's not the only place you can catch them. And, and a lot of people will hit some of the other tributaries. Uh, so those dams anyway have, have kind of hurt some of their, their numbers. And so they are being a little bit more of a, a fish hatchery fish where they're able to raise some and, and help them to, to keep going. Water quality, like anything, is always an issue, and uh, off a runoff from from agricultural fields, so that's hurting some of their their the species, uh, and then as well as development and boating. Uh, I've definitely seen that. You'll pull out a fish here and there, and I, I saw a picture of a guy with a one with a rostrum that looked like it was just cut off uh, and splintering all over. Uh, but also those boats will hit them and they'll, I've caught a paddlefish with no rostrum before it was completely cut off. So with boats, some of those motors come by and, and smoked them and cut them and, and all that. And they're pretty scarred up at times, but the, I, 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 the numbers are good enough to have a season. So there is a whole season in, uh, South Dakota. So it's a, it's a tag. So you apply for it just like you would a deer, tag nebraska is another option to fish some of the same waters south dakota and then there's other options all along the missouri mississippi river basin in north dakota montana uh, and then oklahoma missouri seem to be the heart of the main paddle fishing seems to be more in in that culture of, of fishing down there it's not quite as popular up north here it's a, it's a thing and people love it. People get into it. It's a, it's a, it's a riot because you're, you're snagging and that snagging is, there's a little bit to it. It's not, it's more than just throwing a hook and wait and trying to drag it through the water. And one last thing on some of their biology that I think is really neat is their caviar. I caught a 69 pound paddlefish 10 years ago. That was my last paddlefish. It was loaded with eggs. Some say that the caviar is better than sturgeon, and I had no idea how to, you don't just pull the eggs out and throw them on a cracker. Uh, there's something about that just kind of weirds you out, and it's got kind of this connective stuff all around it, so there's a way to process the eggs to get them ready to, to be eaten. I didn't look into that. That was... 10 years ago, I didn't really use YouTube or know much about it at that time. That would have been wonderful. Uh, so for figuring out things in my math classes, that would have been great. Um, no, I was using that a little bit, not too much. Anyway, long story, different story. Uh, so there's, um, there's caviar in some of those that can be really tasty from what I hear. I just haven't tried it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. <clears throat> so, but you can, you can maybe try try to do that on your own. I should do some research next time, see if I can't, can't do that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the methods for catching these things are snagging. That's the the main deal. And so I went out uh, the season. Season actually has a time from when you can fish for. Uh, in South Dakota, it starts at 7 a.m. ends at 7 p.m. So you got to pull up and get there kind of early because people are sort of shoulder to shoulder, uh, especially opening weekend. The weekend I was there was the second or third weekend, so. It was not quite as busy. had had quite a had plenty of people. Every fifteen yards, all the way up and down, there was somebody. But there was space, and there was twenty-five to thirty boats on the water at a time. So it was busy, not not unmanageable. So got my spot. I was there before light, and six thirty. Just rolled in, drank my coffee. Had everything all rigged up. The rig kind of looks like this. I got some catfish rods, big reels. Uh, my plan was to take some 65-pound braid, put this little swivel thing on there, teeny little swivel, but it's got 120-pound breaking strength, and then a 35-pound braid below. So then below that swivel, I would tie in my hook, and then a mm, four, uh, let's say... 18 inch to three foot uh, liter to the weight. And that weight is a three ounce to six ounce big old teardrop weight. So you put that on the whole bottom. So you got that and then up from there around foot and a half to three foot at the max, a a two watt treble hook. That was the biggest size treble hook you could go legally. So that's the setup. That's what I started with. My catfish rod is not very long. Uh, it's just an average old whatever you'd buy. It. I'm pretty sure I got it at Walmart, and or another one gave me just a thick rod. You got to have a pretty sturdy, sturdy rod because uh, you're beating it up. Actually, besides the weight of the fish, you're beating this rod up. It is getting a lot, a lot of abuse, uh, not just on the rocks, but casting a lot of weight, and it needs to be handled. Handle that. So I started with that. 7 a.m. Hit the button. I waited 30 seconds. Okay, and then casting out. And in the dark, all you hear is thud, thud, thud of this this uh, weight hitting all the water. That sucking sound of something really heavy gets, you throw a rock way out, and it just gets sucked down into the water. Uh, all of those weights are just hitting. So it's kind of cool. Can't see where your line is, but you can know where you're casting, and you just start snagging. Cast it out there. And you're trying to find the appropriate speed to drag that through the water so that it doesn't get snagged on the rocks below. Uh, Pretty sure my first or second cast, snag right away. Uh, So you cast it out there and then you make big long draws. So you're working your obliques all day long. And drag, drag, drag. And well, I had a second rod after I had that snag, I busted it off and re-rigged. I don't know how long that went on, but had quite a few snags in that first hour and a half, two hours, going through some 
hooks and weights and realize I don't have enough here. I've done this before. This is probably my third season doing this. And I bought a lot of weights. I probably had 20 different weights and 20 plus hooks. So I thought I should be pretty good. I, that, sh- that should be pretty good. You can get by for a long time on one hook and weight setup. Uh, this time, not so much. I was in a bad trend. I had this one little area that I couldn't keep keep from hitting. And so I kept casting way out there, dragging, dragging, dragging. And I did not stop. Uh, from 7 a.m. to noon, uh, I was rolling and rolling and rolling. I did not take a break to do anything. But uh, I think I ran up to my truck real quick, hit behind the door and took a leak. But uh, ate some some jerky straight front and or whatever I was eating and threw up my mouth and kept casting. Averaged, I think, uh, let's say, I timed it out. I was trying to time it and count it. They cast a minute with, uh, so probably 30 seconds to 45 seconds per cast, plus the little bit of extra time in there that I took. Uh, and from 7 a.m. all the way to 5 p.m. is when I stopped. Probably cast about five to 600 times is, is what I did. And by the end, my body was done. Uh, it's It was fun, but man, if you just keep going and going and going, it's exhausting. Then I watched guys, they cast and take a break. It's like, I'm thinking through this through is if you don't have a hook in the water, a line in the water, you won't catch a fish. So just keep casting, just keep casting. I had a couple little hookups in there where as you cast that out and drag it through, it pulls back. It's like setting a hot... Uh, setting the hook on a rock that moves and it just zips through that line, the line and out it goes. Uh, sometimes they're fighting, taking a lot of lines. Sometimes they're not taking a ton of line. Uh, it's, it's so cool. It depends on where you hook them. If you hook them in the side, it feels like you're dragging in a log. If you hook them in the tail, you get a lot of whip and, and you just like you would think. Uh, so as you're reeling those in, you can feel kind of somewhat where you're hooking and you can tell, is that a big, big fish? Or did I side hook them, drag them in? So, uh, yeah, nothing until noon. And I finally, I broke one rod in there. It was a cheapo rod someone gave me and realized everyone's coming with these giant rods, these giant fishing rods that you would see on a ocean coast, someone casting out into the Gulf. And I was like, oh, forget this. I broke one rod. This other one I got is just a short rod. Went to the bait shop, bought an overpriced rod for 70 bucks, but I didn't care. Had the reel, threw that on there, first cast, fish. So instantly right there, there's a setup change. Another setup change I had along the way was my line. I realized I kept breaking it above the swivel, so decided to tie on, and that 35-pound even wasn't enough. I kept breaking that here and there. So... 65 pound tippet, 65 all the way down to the the swivel, but through the hook above the swivel and the weight about two foot down, foot and a half to two foot is kind of where I settled. And I just kept catching fish noon to to, 1230 because I took that half hour little break and then run to the store, grab a rod and be back, lost my kind of good spot, but found another one where there wasn't any snag. So I quit losing a lot of those those hooks and weights. And every time I did snag, I would just lose the weight because the hook was above my swivel. So that worked out another 
worked out really well. So there's a little, a little tip to save some money on some hooks. Just add to every once in a while you'll bend one. Uh, those do need to get replaced every once in a while. And they probably lose their sharpness because they got to be pretty sharp. They need to catch something. And uh, oftentimes you'll just pull in a big uh, carp scale. It'll hook onto that shield of a carp and that'll that'll come in which is kind of crazy but it, you know it's not a paddle fish you're like well whatever it doesn't matter i'm not that's not the species i'm here to catch so it's uh one o'clock i cast out there and i've got a fish or two in and the first one was a legal fish they have a slot limit so from the v of the tail tape v of the tail to the front of the eye needs to be uh a between 35 it needs to be under 35 and over 45 inches so you've got this slot limit you can keep something small you can keep something big catching something big it's kind of hard there's not a lot out there Uh, catching something smaller it happened a lot i caught some really really dinky ones foot foot and a half fish so no good threw those back first one out the gate it was a little bit bigger it wasn't a 33 inch fish which is what I was going for, or a 45, six inch fish. Uh, so could not keep, I did not want to keep, I only kept three or caught three legal fish. Uh, I can only tag one. So let those all go. Kept catch casting, finally hooked onto a monster and reeled him in, ended up being 44 and a half. I maybe could have got 44 and three quarters if I would have rolled that tape measure just a little bit better but he wasn't legal he was a dinosaur he was beat up scarred snagged a hundred times and part of that makes you feel kind of bad is that they just get hooked over and over again those hooks go in deep uh they survive they're fine they're pretty hardy species but they just it looks looks a little rough so Catch that big one, let it go, and my body's starting to hurt. I'm doing obliques all day long, and that rod is under your armpit, running into your ribs, uh, your wrist. I have some tennis elbows, so that doesn't help. Uh, Just exhausting, and you're standing all day doing something pretty pretty energy-consuming. So, uh, the other guys are out on the boats. That's another way of doing it, but I'm not getting into the, the boating methods. Basically the same thing. You just cover, cover more ground. Uh, but anyway, at the end of the day, caught nine fish hooked on another monster right at the end there, that drug line, drug line, drug line. And then he just was off. I didn't, nothing I could have done on that. Everything was good. Uh, sometimes they'll roll and get that, that line wrapped up good. So, that when that happens you're set other times it's just a little hook and like a fin and you're it's going to come off so nothing you can do about that either because they're not biting it biting it it's it's hooked somewhere in the body so nine fish it was a successful day wasn't going to plan on coming up back another day uh didn't fill that tag so i'm not counting that as one of my tags because it's not hunting it's more it's a fishing tag so i'm just gonna keep my record going with filling my tags for the year we'll see if i can keep that that going uh that's a that's a tall order but um yeah that's a maybe you can disagree with me and say nope you didn't fill that one doesn't count 
uh, doesn't matter. I'm having a good time with uh, all with this South Dakota season, the Colorado season, and the Arizona season, which I'm looking forward to. I'm starting to ask ask Ryan some questions. Which, by the way, uh, Ryan, sorry, I'm supposed to call you. I forgot about that. I could call you. So anyway, um, that was that season. It was a this that quick fishing day. If you ever get a chance to to go catch some of those those paddlefish, they are a lot of fun. They are a ton of fun, and they yield a lot of food. I hear they. I, I cannot remember what they tasted like because uh, the one I had was a giant, and it was a long time ago. But I had heard the taste like uh, swordfish, and if I remember right, that that sounds about right. What it tasted like, you get big old meaty steaks off of it and cleaning them you want to see something weird watch a video of how to clean a paddlefish and how you cut around the tail you cut up at the base of the head and then you pull its notochord all the way through where a spinal column would be and then it pops at the end as it comes out and you just cut it off or gut it and cut the cut the whole thing off like steaks kind of cool feels like you're cleaning a, a saltwater fish but definitely something that's fresh water and been here for a long, long time. So if you get a chance, do that. Well, anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening. Don't forget about the giveaway fundraiser. Appreciate you guys that have thrown stuff in for that already. Uh, December, second week in December, we'll get that rolling on this podcast as well as uh, social media, I will throw up deadlines on there so you'll know exactly when that deadline is as long as you're listening. Uh, but right now we're in that second week in December, looking at the later half, probably on the Friday of that second week so that we, I will get that shipped out the following Monday to whoever that winner is, as long as I can get a hold of them, which I have your names. Uh, if you wouldn't, there's a way to contact you. It's easy. Uh, All your information there, uh, not all your information, but your name is right there in Venmo and I can comment or reply to you in Venmo. Uh, Your email address is in PayPal. If that's the way you do it, I can reply to you that way. Or if you want, and some of you have, like I originally said in the first post, throw in the comment, your phone number, and then I can just call you. It's really easy. Uh, The comment for the Venmo or PayPal just make that a private Venmo so that nobody else has to see what's going on. Like I do all my Venmo posts. I don't like that it's a public forum, which is weird. So I don't, I don't get that. But anyway, appreciate you all listening. We have coming up here the Mediocre Alaskan. We also have uh, a group with that does a lot with some, some cooking. So looking forward to that. And then uh, hopefully... Hopefully, the next episode will be from Wyoming Game and Fish. We'll find out if I can find my SD card tomorrow or or today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, November 9th. So, thank you all for listening to the podcast. And I'm ready for some new topics. I got a few episodes rolling here. If you have something you want to hear about, want me to research, look into, or a guest I should... I should uh, reach out to, please let me know. I got a good one coming for the new year, a big one. Uh, Not a Jim Shockey big, but 
maybe he could be depends on who, uh, who you are and, and, uh, what you perceive as big. So this guy's right up there, uh, not far from Jim Shockey. So we'll, we'll get him in. Um, he said he'd do it. We just have to wait till after the new year. So I'm going to leave that alone and not tell you who that is. Just leave it a little bit of a surprise for the new year and we'll see if we can't get him, get him scheduled. All right, guys. Thanks. This is God's country.